Praise the Lord. Okay, open your Bibles to Psalm 3414. Psalm 3414. And as you, as you get there, um, I'll read it. It says, and the, the, uh, I believe the scriptures will either be on the wall here or on the live stream. Uh, maybe both. Uh, Psalm 3414 says, depart from evil uh, and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Tonight I want to talk about peace. I want to talk, uh, I want to look at the scriptures and, and talk about our lives. And, you know, I'll tell you, there, with, with everything going on in the world, whether it's, uh, you know, just the, uh, the standards in society, the political climate, um, you know what, it's just chaotic. And we need peace. I mean, how many of us have found, found ourselves, maybe this week, maybe today, as the brother was mentioning, or this month, this past year, last year, thinking, you know what, I, I just need some peace and quiet. You know, today may have been a, a long day, a tough day, and, you know, there's times when we get to a point where we just say, you know what, I just, just, I just need some peace and quiet right now. I need to get away, and whatever that is, whatever that peace and quiet is. But uh, has anyone ever felt that way? Do you feel that way now? Oftentimes, maybe daily, just to get away, have some peace and quiet. And what gives us peace and quiet? And, and when I'm talking about peace and quiet, I mean just, to, just, a, just a time where we can just let our hair down. Well, <laughs> where you guys can let your hair down and, uh, and whatever. So <laughs> but where you can just relax and get away and feel like, okay, you know what, now I, mean, I just need some peace, quiet. Uh, you know what? Perhaps it could be uh, placing your phone down for a while, for an hour, for the day, getting it away from you so you don't have calls coming in, texts, watching TV, maybe staying away from the TV, getting uh, on your way to, uh, to, to work, finding that there's no traffic. That's exciting. That brings a lot of peace, you know, even though you're driving to work when there's no traffic. It could be a full day with the kids and the kids are fighting or the kids need to eat or whatever's going on and you just feel like, I need to get away. I need some peace and quiet. Might be that you need some peace and quiet from your spouse. Yeah, you might need some peace and quiet, just time away, just give me a moment. Might be like the man who is sitting at work. He's sitting at work and he's looking really depressed. Coworker comes up to him and says, man, what's wrong? Why the long face? What's going on? Geek guy says, well, my wife got mad at me and wouldn't speak for, to me for a month. Guy says, well, what, what's wrong with that? That's a blessing. He says, bro, you'll get peace and quiet for a whole month. Guy looks at him and says, yeah, well, you know, the problem is today's the last day. <laughs> peace and quiet's over. <laughs> praise the Lord. But seriously, praise the Lord for garages and man caves, right? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Apparently, forget what you just heard. That belongs to my men's retreat notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, where does our peace come from? I want to look at peace tonight to get us uh, to an understanding where we can have peace regardless of what we're going through. Having an understanding of what peace is, biblical peace is, change, makes all the difference. You know what? You, we can look around in the world or on your vacations. You might have a tropical vacation. You might go and look at the sunrises or the sunsets and get a lot of peace from that, and rightly so. You might take nature hikes, and I know people that love to take hikes, and they love to see it, and it just brings you know, all this, the serenity. It just brings peace and quiet. Someone just asked me the other day, we were talking about 
hikes or something like that. And I was saying, wow, yeah, hikes. And they go, oh, do you like hiking? And I, I says, no, but I like uh, driving hikes, you know, driving nature's drives because uh, I don't, you know, once you hike, it's beautiful. This is me. It's beautiful. You get out there and you get out there. The deeper you go, the more beauty you see. And then after that, you're like, okay, now I have to walk back. <laughs> now I have to go back and it's a long way back. But that's just me. Psalm 19.1. Psalm 19.1 says this. In the English Standard Version, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You know, there's that peace that we can get. This natural peace that we, we go out for, that we go on hikes for, or we wait for the sun to set, and it just brings us this peace. You know, all that is created by God. All that is God, and that's where we're getting our ultimate peace from, from the Lord. In Galatians 1.3, and I, I use Galatians 1, 3 because we're going to use some other verses in there. But Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, you know, Paul writes, when Paul writes, he uses some salutations. And he'll mention, uh, he'll, in his salutations, he'll mention grace and peace to you, or grace to you and peace to you from Jesus Christ and what have you. And in Galatians 1, 3, he says this, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This word peace, irene in the Greek, it means security, safety, prosperity. It's a state of national tranquility, of course. It's exemption from the rage and havoc of war. So you're writing a letter and you're saying, you know, peace be with you. Uh, peace from God, our Father. There is great peace and that peace comes from God. A peace that we can have. And interesting, though, that peace, of course, peace time and not in middle of war Ephesians 6.12, that we're very familiar with, gives us this. It says, in Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So you see, we are at war. We are in war. But with the Lord, we actually have peace. We are actually exempt from this. Not, and now you would say, well, I'm not exempt because there's a battle going on. There is. But there is an ultimate peace is what I'm referring to and what I'm talking about. There is peace to be had from the creator. Where we go, when we go out to see and the, the natural beauty and get peace from that, it goes beyond that. The world doesn't really know that if they don't know God. But when we see that beauty, that painting on the sky or in the mountainsides or whatever... We know that's of God. We know God is the creator. And that brings an incredible peace, even more than just seeing the sun uh, go down. So this peace is not from, you know, just merely from a beach setting or from your best friend or from your pet. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of peace. Or even from your spouse, there is peace there, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about peace from the creator. In John 14, 27, it says this. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Now that's key, because in this world, in the way we're, as you look at times today, uh, it's pretty radical what's going on. And a lot of, we can become overwhelmed with fear and concern. What's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to uh, the scriptures, my positions, my biblical positions, God's positions in, in today's society? And we can become very troubled. But Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Troubled, 
tarasso, means to cause one inward commotion or to take away his calmness of mind. It's being restless inside. You can't sleep. You can't think straight because you're so overwhelmed by concern or fear, fearful. That word there is diliao, and it means timidity, fearful, fearfulness, cowardice. And we are Christians, not cowards. We are to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, bold in Christ, humble, of course, but understanding that we are with God. God is with us. And there's great peace in that. Especially in this world, we need to understand that. Now, turn to Psalm chapter 36, verse 5. I want to read a, a few scriptures here. Psalm 36, verse 5. There is great peace knowing God. There is great peace knowing God, who he is, and how he is towards us, his heart set towards us. Um, in Psalm 36, verse 5, in the New Living Translation, and I pull out this verse in the New Living Translation because I like the way it brings it out. Um, it, it does some of the preaching for the preacher, if you will. In verse 5, it says, look at verse 5. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Now, just think of these verses as you read them, as you hear them. And I'll read it again. And we're going to go through each three of them here. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care, in verse 6, you care for people and animals alike, O Lord. In verse 7, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. That right there is, I won't do justice in one evening, a Bible study. This is a month's work of gems when understanding God's heart. Understanding who we are, understanding who we were without God, and then you come into the presence of God when you look at some of these scriptures and it makes us really small, but then it makes us very bold in understanding that he's our king, he's our God. So this, I'm going to just pull out a few words in here to bring out the beauty of this passage. Your unfailing love, O Lord, keshed is the word, and it means goodness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness and kindness is as vast as the heavens. His goodness, his kindness, is as vast as the heavens. And for those of you who have studied the galaxies and what have you, you, are, you should be like, wow. Because when you think of your emotions or someone who has love towards you, and imagine if that person's love was like that, in perfection. It's amazing when you think of it. His faithfulness, your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Emuna is that word. And it means fidelity or steadfastness. His loyalty, his, his fidelity, it, it's rooted in a word of being trustworthy. We can trust God. There is, of course, uh, perfect trust in the Lord. And that should bring us great peace. When things are chaotic in life and you don't know which way to turn, you don't know what to think about, how to think about something, we, we call upon the Lord. And we, he is the one that we're describing. He is the one that listens to you and hears our prayers and, and delivers us. His justice, his mishpat, Mishpat, justice to judge, or the act of judging. God is fair. He's righteous. It says um, Mishpat is to judge. It's the act of judging. The act of judging. Now, think of it. He is a perfect judge. 
If you've ever had a court date for whatever reason, and you, you're thinking the night before, and you're thinking, Lord, I don't know who this judge is going to be. I don't know who I'm going to be judged by. But Lord, have mercy. Lord, please, I hope tonight he's having a good evening. Everything's relaxed. He has vacation maybe starting up the day after my case. So he'll be in a good mood and he'll have mercy on me. Well, you know what? God is fair. God is not going to violate his righteousness, but he is going to be fair and he does have mercy with us. And so unlike a human judge on the natural level, God is perfect in his judging And that should bring us peace when we are going through life and knowing how fair and righteous he is. It says he cares for men and animals alike or preserves. Yasha means to deliver, to be victorious in battle. You see, that's why we are not cowards. We are Christians. Some people may equate Christians to cowardice or to having a crutch. And yes, of course, we lean on the Lord, an all-powerful God. And so... Yes, he he delivers, he saves to be victorious in battle, and that should give us peace. If we're in the midst of battle, and we are, and you're going out to the battlefield, you can have a deep peace in this world, knowing that you are going to be victorious ultimately, spiritually. The word precious there, how precious is your unfailing love? How precious. Yachar means to esteem, to be prized, to be valuable, costly, And when we have that understanding of the Lord, of his love, that it is valuable, it is costly, when we start to understand it's perfect, that should bring us this peace that we're trying to pursue, that we're pursuing, that if you're lacking, finding it in the Lord is is clear. And it's easy with these scriptures, a passage such as this. It says, precious is your unfailing love, O God, all humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Hasha or hasa means shelter, and it means a refuge where we flee for protection, to put our trust in the Lord, confidence or to confide in or hope in God is what it means. So we have shelter with the Lord. We have refuge. And when you're looking at the world and when you're getting overwhelmed by something, whatever it might be, a relationship here with your, with your children, your spouse, your employer, whatever it might be, there's a refuge to be had, and it's in the Lord. And we need to flee to him for protection. There's times in life that we may not be being treated fairly, absolutely wronged, and we are in the right. We haven't done anything wrong. And it, is, it just it can drive us crazy. It can be overwhelming. It can break our hearts. But there's refuge to be had in the Lord. And you know what? I'm talking about the Lord having your back. The Lord, the scriptures talk about uh, him being our strong tower and that he places us in a tower and it refers to in the Hebrew in in a high place, out of reach from the enemy. And he does these things that we need to understand. He does them spiritually. You know, physically we can look around and yes, somebody can have your back and protect you and it gives you peace. Um, You know, I think back, uh, I was thinking about this comparing the worldly protection and then you have... um, um, godly protection. And I recall one thing that popped in my mind was years and years ago, back in the 70s, when we had uh, mandatory busing with the LA or probably all over the place. And I re- remember, and I've shared some of these things where I was bussed out from LA and into uh, Reseda at the time. And Reseda was beautiful at the time. And uh, it was, uh, 
And uh, so we're brought in, and other people were brought in from South LA and all these areas. And so, and I, I've told people before, you know, here we are, these these um, teenagers in this school, and it was a prison yard mentality. All the colors were separated, you know, and uh, everyone stood stood by their own, and it was uh, it was unfortunate. I will tell you this though, it was one of the best times of my life after I got through all the junk of learning of so much of. of different people and what have you. But I remember one time, I'm walking with my, my buddies, and, uh, and you walked as a group because it was so crazy. And uh, we were walking by these, these other guys and, and this Asian group, and one of my friends said something. And so he says something, and the biggest guy, of course, says, what did you say? Looks to him, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, may as well fess up. And he said he didn't say anything. He asked me if I said anything. I says, hey, I didn't say anything. And he slapped me. And when that happened, I'm like, oh, no, big old dude. And I slapped him back. And then you had a big fight and a big thing went on and what have you. I was suspended for a few days or whatever it was. I come back to school, and here I am thinking, "Uh uh-oh, it's going to get serious. I come back to find out that my group of people were going around and harassing all of them, following them into the bathrooms and beating them up and doing stuff like that. And in the world, I felt peace. I felt felt people had my back. I felt that I had um, protection, but that was the worldly protection, and that is nothing that is evil, it is wrong, all the whole situation that took place there, but with God, we have an ultimate protection, spiritually speaking, and to have, to know that, that is real peace, knowing that spiritually, we are protected. Now, in Proverbs 30, verse 5, it says this, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So taking refuge in the Lord, he becomes our shield. And that word there, shield, means obviously a shield, a buckler, what have you. Um, But the root word is to defend, to cover, to surround. We are surrounded by God's protection, spiritual protection. And so anybody dealing with uneasiness, restlessness, remember being unsettled in your heart, There is peace to be had knowing that you are surrounded by the Lord's protection. In Psalm uh, 139, verse 17, 139, 17 says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. And there's that word again, precious. And it says to esteem, to be prized, valuable, costly. And this is our God. And this is the heart of God. And there is peace There's people that don't know God. There's people that fear God in the wrong way, thinking he's a God of whatever and I don't want anything to do with him. Or I don't, God let me down or whatever the stories might be. But we know God's heart. And when you know God's heart, in John 3.16, a a verse that it's hard to leave out of any any, uh, uh, preaching. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we need to stop and realize that that creator the one that gives you peace through the sunsets and sunrises and what have you, is the one who created he, he is, His thoughts towards us are precious, that he surrounds us with protection, the creator, that God, that God brings peace. So there's peace in knowing his heart. There's peace in knowing, most importantly, now turn to Romans chapter 5, there's peace in knowing our position with the Lord. Turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. There is great peace to be had, 
knowing that you are right with God. Man, there's so much going on in this world that, you know what, there's a lot of movements taking place that as Christians, we're not right with them. There's a lot of political things taking place, and as Christians, we're not right with them because they're not right with God. But then they're, they're against us. Ultimately, they're against God. And so that should cause us to know that they are messing with God when they mess with you. So Romans 5, 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. So now, this is, um, we've been justified by faith, and we, therefore we have peace. Therefore, having been justified by, by faith, we have peace because of our standing with God. We're, we're in right standing with the Lord. And there's that word again, peace, irene, which is security, prosperity, safety. And remember, of course, being in peace or during peace times, it's a state of national tranquility. Exemption from the rage and havoc of war. Exemption from the rage and havoc of war because we have, we are, we have this peace. We are justified by faith. Now, it says here, that and we exult in hope of the glory of God. So again, we shouldn't be timid, cowards. We're Christians. We should know that we're um, we're backed by the Lord. We are. He, he's all powerful. He has our back. He surrounds us with His protection as a shield, and we are to exult, exult in hope of the glory of God. And that word kahamai, kahamai, sounds like kahamai. <laughs> if you if you're writing it down, you want to know how to spell it because that's the way I spelled it, kauhamai. <laughs> kauhamai, it means to glory. It means jubilation, rejoicing. So we are to rejoice in hope of the glory of God because we're justified by faith. We have that peace. So jubilation, rejoicing, to glory, or to take pride in and to boast. We are to boast in our position with Christ. Now, I don't mean it in a prideful way. I don't mean it in the wrong way, like you're lost and I'm saved. I mean, we are to be excited about something here, the fact that we are at peace with God. We're not at war with him, because ultimately, that's what it is. So believers can glory or boast in. Sort of like, when you think of, well, many people, I guess, how they think back to their glory days. There's something they boast about, something they exult in. Well, back when I was in high school, I scored four touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win the state championship. I didn't, but I'm saying there might be a guy out there that says that, and he boasts in it because those are his glory days. And he'll tell you, and he'll tell you everything about practice, what led up to that game, what happened after that game, how it changed his life, because those are his glory days, and he exalts in them. We are to exult in the hope of the glory of God. Just like that, we should... Take that and transfer it into saying, you know what? I know the Lord. I know God. He's, he, and he's the one that created all this. And you know what? He loves me. And you know what? He rescued me. He protects me. And he surrounds me. And yeah, you might be able to hurt me and do things to me. But you know, ultimately, uh, you're going to get yourself in trouble messing with me. But God has my back. And so we can exalt. 
We can have, these are glory days for us. We have uh, perpetual glory days, and we're living them now uh, until, we, until we see the Lord. And so we should rejoice in them. You know, um, having this peace of mind or this biblical peace or this position with Christ, it's not a feeling. It's not that, well, I feel peaceful because I am saved. Yeah, you probably do, but it means we're at peace with God. It's a fact, not a feeling. When we look at uh, this understanding biblically, it's, it's, a, it's a fact, not a feeling. We are peace, at peace with God. We're being right with God, and that should bring us great uh, peace. You know, have you heard the saying, and I think I've heard it in Western movies where something's taking place, maybe the guy has been caught and they're going to hang him, or bounty hunters found, caught up to somebody or something. It's about the person's about going to end his life, and they'll say something like, you know, best make peace with your maker. It's time to make peace with your maker. And what that means is what we're looking at right here. Because if you're not right with God, you're at war with God. James 4.4 says this, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now that should cause us to be like, I am not at war with God. You see, God has enemies. And those enemies are people that reject him. But he loves them. And he wants them to no longer be enemies. He wants them saved. But when we're not with God, when we weren't with God, we were his enemy. We were at war with God. It was wartime for us. But us as believers, as Christians, it's peacetime. Spiritual peacetime right now. Until we see the Lord. So there's great peace there to know that I am not warring with God anymore. What breaks our hearts is the people that we know that are still warring against God. That are, 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 well, you can say it this way almost, sworn enemies against God. And they're doing things in their life that they could care less what God thinks. And that should break our hearts and put, and put us and keep us in that position of humility, saying like, I want them to have what I have. I want them to have the protection and salvation that I have. So when we look at this, ultimately, uh, our position with Christ, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are at at peacetime with God. The lost are at war and the saved are at peace with the Lord. In Luke 10.20, it says this, Um, In the English Standard Version, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Ka-i-ro-e. Ka-i-ro. Is to rejoice exceedingly, to be well and to thrive. That should describe us spiritually. You might not feel it, but you know what? You're positioned right with Christ. Man, you are... Have the incredible ultimate peace. This world is looking for peace. They want peace on earth. And you know what? You know, the peace, we we have peace on earth because we're on earth, but we're at peace with God. And the world can't grasp that. The world can't understand that. And there's a lot of sad things in this world, but we can rejoice while in this world because our names are written in heaven. So, Turn now again, if you will, to Galatians chapter 1, and let's look at verse 
4 and 5. Galatians 1, 4 and 5. There's more peace to have, to understand, um, because of our position, position with Christ. <clears throat> Galatians 1, 4 and 5 says, uh, speaking, well, verse 3, it says, Grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We read that one a while ago. And then he, he writes, Who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue. Now, there's, that's key right there because, checking the time, that's key right there because we've been rescued. We've been rescued. He's going to rescue us from this present evil age. The word rescue is ex-a-re-re-o. Ex-a-re-re-o. To pluck out, to draw out, to deliver. So this is our condition. We're protected by the Lord. We're at peace with God. And he will rescue us. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, we're in, we're in battle, and we're in a battle zone, and it might not be well for you. It might be, you might be having victories, maybe not, but this world will be over with, and he will rescue us ultimately out of this world. And that's that spiritual peace, ultimate peace that we have, even though we're amongst this evil uh, present age. Present word here in Greek is enestemi, enestemi. To place in or among, to put in close at hand. The evil age or the, the present evil age that we are in, that we've been placed in or that we're surrounded by is close at hand. It may be kicking down the door of your home. It may exist in your home because of things that are going on with uh, family members or, or outside you know, your family or whatever it might be. But this evil, uh, present evil age, things that are in turmoil are around us and we are affected to different degrees. Some things affect us directly, uh, close to home, some not. But it's all around us. Go out and go to the streets. We all want to learn this lesson. Let's all go out this Friday night and witness. And you'll see what an evil age we're living in based on how people will respond to you. You, might, you will be surprised how a lot of people respond to you because they're looking for peace. And when you present the gospel, well, they, you know, their hearts are, 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 are put in check and maybe conviction, and then they do listen, and there's a lot of joy in that. But we are um, in this present evil uh, age, and you know what? Here's an, uh, a picture here. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, and uh, it's on your screen. It's kind of long, but... Uh, I couldn't leave out certain scriptures, and it was just so much. Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 7. Um, it says, And if he rescued righteous Lot, speaking of Lot, Lot was in Sodom, Gomorrah, and we know that uh, he was surrounded by the, the, the sin that they had of, of homosexuality and, and all this pride and, and whatever, greed and what have you. It says, and if, we, and if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard, that righteous man while living among them uh, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous, uh, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. That's that same word rescued there. He rescued Lot, and Lot was in the thick of it. Lot was surrounded by it. 
And we are surrounded in a present evil age. And you can feel like, you know, this is, it's all against me. And, you know, it pretty much there's a lot against us as Christians right now um, in, in society. But you know what? The Lord is going to rescue us from this present evil age. And here with Lot, it says he was oppressed. And that, uh, that Greek word there means to, to tire down or to exhaust with labor, to afflict or oppress with evils. It weighed heavy on him. It weighed heavy on him because of the society that he lived in. It could weigh heavy on us because of those we love, perhaps, are involved in some, something, or they're just not following the Lord. And it weighs heavy on us. Or because in the workplace, now they want this, or now they want that, and then they expect you to accept certain things. And it weighs heavy on us, just like Lot. It says he was tormented. And it, that word is basan idzo. That's an interesting word. Tormented. Um, he felt his righteous soul tormented. His righteous soul was tormented. Um, it's okay. it's not, I'll say it this way. It's normal to be tormented by this world because it, it really rubs us the wrong way. It's, it goes against everything. It, it violates God. It blasphemes God. And, and, and we love him and we don't want to see that. It, we love our children and the world's trying to take our children to, to hell and what have you. But he was tormented. Basan idzo and that means to question by applying torture. To question by applying torture. To be harassed, distressed. And what's interesting with that is we are all being tortured with the things that are going on in this world. Turn on the news and tell me who's not tortured when you're looking at that. I, I can look at it for only so long. And uh, there's certain people I won't even listen to. But you, so you turn it on and, and you're going to be weighing heavy. And you're going to be tested is what it is by applying torture. If I want to torture myself, I could just watch a certain politician on TV right now and I will be tortured. And then I'll have my wife saying, they can't hear you <laughs> as I'm yelling at him <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> and uh, so you, you could be tormented. It, it means this. It was used this way, to test the purity of gold or silver by the color of the streak produced on it by rubbing it with a touchstone or a, a hard black stone, to see the purity of it. And that's what the world is doing to us. It is rubbing up against us to see what we're made of, to see if we're going to break, to see if we are truly of God, or we are truly going to hold on to our faith. We're going to truly continue in the Lord. And this is what Lot was going through, and you may be going through it now, but there is peace to be had because you're as good as rescued. You're in the battle, but you will be rescued. We will all be rescued. And when we're in heaven, uh, these things won't even, you know, when we look back at, I'll share a scripture right now, but we'll look back at these things and think, man, that was nothing, nothing. So, um, so fear can be, uh, it can cause us to become spiritually uh, crippled. It's spiritually crippling, depending on what you're dealing with, how you're dealing with it, and maybe you've dealt with it wrong. Well, then we need to, trust in the Lord. We need to turn to God for his strength as is our refuge and to be able to handle it correctly. Um, I'm going to mention just a few verses so I can speed through this, these. Um, Jesus is there. Jesus is always there for us. I mean, sometimes you feel all alone in this world, depending on where you work, who you work with, you know, in some cases who you live with, in some cases maybe who you're married to. And that's when it really hits home. And every day you're weighing heavy. 
And it can be a test for you. But you know what? The Lord is present for us. And you know, one scripture that always uh, in, in uh, Mark 6, Mark chapter 6 is a beautiful passage where Jesus says, you guys go across uh, the, 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 the sea and I'm going to go up and pray. And then they go and then the storm comes and they're, they're straining at the oars and, and, and the Lord's praying at the fourth watch. It's like 3 a.m. or so. And, he's, and they're, they're, they're struggling at, with the oars and he sees them. And based on where the Lord is and the weather in those areas, um, he had to supernaturally be able to see them because of the weather and what he wouldn't have been able, we wouldn't have been able to see, he was able to see them. And the Lord sees us when we're, st- um, when we're struggling with the oars. In verse, uh, Mark six forty eight, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and he intended to pass them by. Uh, it's very, or pass by them. And perhaps that's a picture of, you know what, guys, follow me. I'm the one you need. Uh, but without going into a, a study, I think maybe I've done one on that. Um, that's the Lord. He sees us when we're straining with the oars of life. When you're straining with your loved one or your, your, your employer or whatever it is, your employees maybe, uh, but he sees what's going on and he makes himself available. He is available for all of us if we are struggling it was uh, Jesus in John 16:33. He said, "These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world." That is our Lord. That is the one who loves us, and we love Him. We are in relationship with Him. He is the one that has our backs. He is the one that makes himself available when we are overwhelmed. So let's turn to Romans chapter 5, now down to verse 3, 3 through 5. And let's shoot through that. Really quick. Really quick. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. And not only this, We've read the other verses, and now we're in verse 3. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who who was given to us. Beautiful passage. It It just gets better and better and better, and it should become, as far as our peace, our understanding of God, his heart towards us, and our position with Christ and what it gets us should become more clearer and established and on and on, established and stronger and and cause us to be not cowards, to be Christians. And Christians are the ones that know we have our back, God has our back. So with this passage, um, in Romans uh, 5.3, it says not only... Um, And not only this, but we exult in our tribulations. There's that word again, exult, to glory, to take pride in, to boast in our tribulations. Who really wants to boast about their tribulations? Uh, Not me. You know, yeah, now this is happening. And yeah, I lost my job. Yes. You know, I'm not going to boast in them. But if we follow this passage, it makes sense. We exult in our tribulations knowing, or well, Oh, yeah, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. 
Okay, so we can have our, even our glory days are during our trial time. Trials are things we want to say like, oh, I wish this trial was over. Get it out of the way. And we do, and understandably so. I want to get through this trial. I just want, to get, I want peace. I want to get through this trial. I want to get through this trial. But you're in process. Something's taking place that you should exult in, that you should boast about. God is working with me. If you're struggling in school uh, and you just can't grasp something, what do you do? You hire a tutor, right? And he works with you. And he says, let's get through this. I'm going to help you. And let's, what do you need? What's your problem? Okay, well, let's figure this out. He works with us. God works with us. When we have trials or tests or tribulations, um, we have, that's, you know what? God's working with me. God's going to use something. He's going to show me something. He's going to teach me something. He's going to ultimately make me stronger, definitely, because this is a tough trial. So in that sense, we can glorify or take pride in or boast that God still loves me because he's working with me through a trial. Tribulation, of course, this word thlipsis, it means a pressing or a pressure together, pushing together, pressing together, speaking of, a, of like an olive press to, to, to squish the, uh, the, the oil or to the extract out of olives or grapes. And so it's a pressing or a pressure, and we are going through a lot of pressures depending on your situation in life. But it means, though, uh, th- this pressure, it, what does it do? It says that tribulation brings about perseverance. And so I can boast that I'm going through a, 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 tr- a trial because it's going to bring about perseverance, hupomeno, to remain and not flee. It's going to cause me to draw closer to God. Trials sometimes cause people to draw away from God, to run away from God, because they feel as though he's not helping, he's not working, he's not tutoring them, he's not with them. So you know, you've heard the saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And well, going where? What direction do we go when it gets tough? Do we go towards the Lord or do we run away from God? Psalm 34, 14 says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. The word there, depart, this is the verse that we opened up with. Depart means to avoid, to be removed, take away, abolish. To come to an end. Depart from evil. You may be lacking peace because you haven't departed from evil. You haven't abolished it. You haven't gotten rid of it. It hasn't been removed. It needs to come to an end. It's, it also says to pursue it. Seek peace. Seek peace means to sort of like demand it, to search for it. And pursue it. Chase it. In other words, the word pursue means to chase follow, run after, go after it. It's there, after all, as I've showed you in some of these scriptures. There's peace to be had by the Creator. And with that peace, we have that peace because we know He protects us. We know that He loves us. We know that His thoughts are precious towards us. So Romans uh, 5.4 says, And perseverance, perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Proven means, is the Greek word is dokime. Dokime, or, um, and it means to be approved, to test character, to be tried worth. So, and perseverance, so in other words, when we look at this, this entire passage together, we see how it, how it unfolds, and how if we, don't, if we run in the right direction, there is even greater peace to be had. There is even greater uh, endurance to be had. 
strength to be had if we allow it to unfold correctly and we don't get to the part where, you know what, I can't boast in my tribulations. I've had too many. And you run the, the wrong way. When you run the wrong way, you will be at war with God again if you run away from God. I'd rather run towards God, the one I'm at peace with. And perseverance, proven character, dokime, means to be approved, have proven worth, to be approved by God. Second um, Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Truth, uh, to, be, to have proven worth, tried character. You don't have tried character or tried worth unless, unless you've been through some trials. If we, got, if we took a survey in the room and find out, and, and, we, and we did a, uh, a list of, of trials that we've been through, um, the ones, the, the toughest trials, those guys probably have the toughest character in a good way. Strength and great faith in God because they hung in there and they ran towards God in times of trial. Those people have a testimony. Those people um, need to get out and share that testimony. Those people need to minister to one another because you have been approved. You have great proven character. You have proven character brings hope. And because if there's this guy going through a trial uh, for the first time and this guy's been through that trial five times, he needs to talk to that guy. Because that guy might be overwhelmed and run the wrong way. This guy needs to come over and say, listen, you hang in there. You hang in there. And when we look at some older people in the faith, um, and you see that they've been through, uh, you know, perhaps hell on earth, and you see that they still love God. They're a Job, and they just love God still. You look at them, and you think, wow, how did you do it? And then they just hang in there. Follow this, and you will be there. You will get there. We can get there. So proven character, or per- perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Um, verse 5, Romans 5.5. 5. And hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given uh, to us. Hope. That word is elpise in the Greek, and it means expectation of good. Not, I'm, you know, I hope I'm lucky and I just, you know, wow, I'm rolling the, the dice. It is an expectation of good, joyful and confident expectation, ultimately, of eternal life. We have the greatest hope. We have the greatest hope. To, to, you know, if we can't lose hope in God. If you're a believer and you know you are heaven-bound because you are surrendered to Christ, you are heaven-bound. We are all going to be rescued from this present evil age. We have that hope. We have that expectation. Not a hope as in, I hope I'm good enough. You know what? You're surrendered to Christ. You can have that hope of expectation. Romans 5.5 says, and hope does not disappoint um, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. Disappoint. It does not disappoint. That word disappoint, which is kat ahiskuno, Kat ahi skuno, it means to disappoint, but he does not disappoint. He does not do this. He does not dishonor. He does not disgrace or put us to shame or make us ashamed. You see, when we follow this, I don't want to say formula, but this surrender and trust in God, this is what comes about. This incredible expectation of good from God. 
because he's not going to disappoint us. He will not dishonor us. He will not disgrace us. And so we can have uh, that hope, which it will take place. It is to be expected. In James 1.12, James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, or dokamos, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised those who love him. Incredible hope. Incredible hope for us who are approved. And approved means you're running towards him and not in the opposite direction. Galatians 5.22. Verse you guys probably can quote right now. But Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. There's that word again, irene. To be exemption, have exemption from rage or havoc of war. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so we have this peace that is supernatural. When we're surrendered to God, we know God. We experience God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to deal with the tribulations. We have the ability and the, the strength, the spiritual strength, to be able to endure the current or present evil age. So that is key in understanding uh, the Lord, in understanding God. And um, I'm going to shoot through this. Philippians 4.6. I just don't want to leave any notes on the shelf because, because well, as you can imagine. Philippians 4, 6. I'm going to read it through. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Anxious, your troubles, your care, your, your, the cares of the world. Um, it, 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 uh, it says here to be made, let them be made known to God. Let them be made known to God. Um, and then... Um, in Philippians 4, 7, the next verse, it says, you know, let your requests be made known to God. Let them be recognized or to gain knowledge. And that's interesting because God knows everything, right? It's not as though you're going to say, I better make sure I say every, every, everything to God. Because if I feel I got to say everything to God, I got to make sure he knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows before I even ask, scriptures say. So God knows what is going on in my life. And it, what's interesting, what I find here, be anxious for nothing. Uh, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Make them known, to be recognized. You know, oftentimes, if, I don't know about you guys, but prob probably, if you've prayed enough times, you're praying and you don't know what the answer is. And you're seeking God. Lord, I don't know what to do. I have no clue how to move on this. And then you go about, explaining it to God. He knows everything, but we still explain it to God. I find myself explaining it to God. And as I unfold it and I say, Lord, this is taking place. And, and with this, how, how, how should I respond to this? And sometimes this made known to God kind of comes back and it's made known to me because God reveals it to me what needs to take place or what needs to not take place. And so this made known is more so on my part by my mind, not God's. I make them known to God because I know when I bring it before God, if you've ever had um, someone come to you and say, um, I know this has happened with, with, um, with uh, Carol and I, I'll say something like, you know what? I'm trying to figure something out. Okay, I need to do this and that. And I'm 
looking for an answer. And I, I word it all out. I say the whole thing. And if I do this, and I do that. You know, I could probably, you know, it'll probably fit. If I buy one, never mind, I got it. And then I walk away. I figured it out. As I was explaining it, I figured it out. When we explain things to God, oftentimes when we're calm and we're at peace with the Lord and we're, and we're explaining things to the Lord, he will help us figure it out. The answer may be there. It's just taking the time to bring it to the Lord. So in verse 7, Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we bring our, 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 our requests and we make them known to God, um, we, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, Surpasses means to stand out, to rise above, over the top, to be above, uh, superior in rank and, and authority and power. It surpasses all comprehension. It will guard your hearts. Comprehension, the word noose there, is the mind or the faculties of our understanding. And so we, can, we, we get a peace that just blows the minds of the world. Because we have God. Because we're able to turn to the Lord and bring these things to him. And so it says also that um, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That word guard is frueo, and it means to protect by military guard. It's a military word, I guess you could say. It's either to prevent hostile invasion or to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. There's a control there. There's like a protection uh, like by a military guard. And so he, it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus when we're in Christ Jesus. So much peace to be had. As believers, sometimes we think, well, I, I don't have any peace in my life. There's too much chaos. But you have peace in your life. You're just focusing on a feeling instead of fact. The fact that I am at peace with God. The one who created all things. The one who has these thoughts towards me. And so that should ultimately bring peace into our hearts and minds. So last verse, two verses I want to share with you. Last two. Isaiah 26.3 says, The steadfast of mind, you will keep him or you will keep in perfect peace. Because he trusts in you. That word peace is shalom. And it means completeness, soundness, quiet tranquility. There's peace to be had by God from the Lord. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace. And the last verse I want to share with you is Colossians 3.15. And it says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. You know, depending on how much chaos is in your life, you're not, maybe not thankful for much. You, you, because you're focused on the trial. You're focused on this feeling instead of the fact that you have God on your side. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That, that word rule is brabuo. And it means to be an umpire. To decide or to determine to direct, control, or rule. Let the peace of, of, of Christ rule in your hearts. Not the misguided peace that you, we often think of in the world, that the world thinks of. We thinking, I'm talking about the peace that he gives. 
Let that be the empire. Let that be the, the decider, the umpire, or the one that determines and controls our lives. Let's not allow the things in this world that are complete chaos and upside down and up against God, let's not let that rule our hearts and cause us to live in fear, discouragement, but rather to allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. So let's go forward thinking, you know what, I know this world is a mess and it's going to get worse. Look at the scriptures, it's going to get worse. So we, when the, when the, when the, the, the saying says, you know, when, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, going towards the Lord. That we go towards the Lord, that we run to him as our refuge in a time of need. And the time of need is now. We're in some crazy times. So I pray that, uh, that um, this look at scriptures helps us understand that we have peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a present evil age. You have peace. And it's from the creator. Amen? Let's pray.